We don't play the social game. We are social. Power 98.5. You're listening to Power 98.5, powered by United Angels Dream, your number one resource for public relations, entertainment, and multimedia. Contact them today at unitedangelsdream.com. Empowering listeners from the U.S. to the U.K. Live on air with Stephen Cuoco. Prepare yourself. Okay, let's go. Morning, Aaron. Good morning. Hey, good morning, Stephen. How's it? Uh, Seven o'clock in the morning. Your time going? You know, I feel like I've had a full day of work already. But the good <laughs> news is, here in Vegas, it's only going to be about one hundred and three, so it's going to feel like spring. Oh, have you experienced one hundred and twenty-four degrees yet out there? No, not yet. It was uh, about two weeks ago. It got up to one fifteen, so that's the hottest it's been so far. That's uh, one twenty-four. That's like Iraq weather. It, it did. They honestly, this is very interesting. The day I moved to Vegas, it was exactly one twenty-four, July fourth. The day I left Vegas and moved out, it was one hundred and twenty-four. That's interesting. Yeah, that's. I hope we don't. Uh, I hope we don't reach that temperature too often. Not too too often. I I think you'll be fine. Uh, what's quite interesting, originally being from the East Coast, it was bearable, like to a certain point. Like I stayed out of the sun, but if you're in the shade or by a pool, um, it, it, I could bear 124 degree Vegas heat than a 98 degree New York New Jersey heat. Yeah, that humidity. It's a killer. It's a killer. Well, I'm super excited today. As you know, we have uh, British professional boxer Charlie Edwards on the line. He's been on the show before. Um, he's in London, and he's joining us today, and it's uh, 3 o'clock his time, so he's way ahead of us already. Yeah, I'm looking forward to talking to him and just kind of hearing about what he does. Charlie, good morning. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night, wherever you are from in the world. <laughs> <laughs> What's happening with you when we last, uh, since we last chatted? Um, I've got back from Sweden now, and I'm back in the UK. So um, it was nice to nice to get away, see see the missus family, meet everyone and her friends, and then come back and just get back to work, get back into the gym. And um, continue, continue the dream, continue the lifestyle, and um, yeah, it's been good to get back in the gym. And um, it's not the nicest weather over here, so you're making me very jealous hearing what degrees it is out there. So um, yeah, just doing the normal things I'm normally up to on a weekly basis. I'm curious from your Instagram story, your wife dropped the key in the drainage. What was that all oh, about? <laughs> don't, don't. In Sweden, we've had a funny, funny trip. It's, there's so many things to talk about, but that situation, I pulled up just as we was leaving. We pulled up at our mum's apartment. And as we got out of the car, I, I, I pulled it, I pulled over and I must have pulled him right by a drain. So as you do, you get out of the car normally. I'm walking around to the other side to like cross over the road. And she's, as she gets out the um, the car, 
she's pregnant as well so she's a bit slower than normal she's got the baby brain i think it is so she stepped out <laughs> the car and instead of t- taking the key of her mum's apartment in her hand it just was in her lap and she stepped out and it's just falling straight off her lap and it had the green ribbon on i just see the little ribbon fly down the drain and i was like no way that ain't your mum's keys is it and she just lost <laughs> lost it she didn't know whether to laugh cry it was it was funny but a mum a mum weren't um weren't annoyed which is which is the main thing things are replaceable right well you did add and here's the the other thing aaron he added in the caption this is my life <laughs> that's, that's something that would totally happen to me Oh, we've had, we've we've had it we've had it right funny over there. Um, we had, we stayed at a mum's cousin's place, and uh, as we stayed there, she's got a little dog in Sweden, which her friends looking after. So she bought it bought it over to stay at her mum's her mum's cousin's apartment. Her mum told her, "No, you can't bring a dog." She goes, "Yes, I'm bringing a dog. It's my dog. I need to. I've already organised it." So we get there the first night. We've been out all day with the dog. We're very tired. We fall asleep. We wake up in the middle of the night with a dog all running around it's a mini pincher running around the apartment i'm like babe what's happening is your dog all right yeah yeah she's all right she called her up on the bed wake up in the morning next thing i hear is bang 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 bang, bang. and i'm like whoa what's going on i'm like babe you're right thinking she's falling over bang, bang 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 wake up again thinking i've got to check on her walk straight into the bathroom look she's on her hands and knees scrubbing this this rug i was thinking what is she doing yeah the dog's weed on the rug but she's put bleach on the rug and it's a £2,000 rug. So then we spent oh, the whole week running around, going to the factory outlet, which was lucky enough only an hour away, running around back and forth trying to sort this rug. And we ended up having to tell her cousin and she was all right about it. So we spent a week in there trying to sort this rug out. But it was a, <laughs> it was a mad trip, to say the least. But that's team bonding, right? Good, Aaron. No, it's... it's uh... I'm just laughing listening to you. It's such life happening right there. What did the dog do? You can't Piss make it shit. up. No, bleed on it. Pissed on it. Pissed on it. But it would have been fine. Had she got up and just woke me up and said, listen, babe, um, well, what we should you do? We could have gone and got a rug cleaner because it was specially handmade. And it was like some designer rug. She panicked, didn't want me to hate her dog and not want her to bring her dog back to the UK. So she sprayed bleach on it, which made it twenty times worse. <laughs> I was wait I was waiting to hear the the uh he shit everywhere. Oh no, no, no. It wasn't that bad. Well yes. actually saying that it was that bad because we at least we could have cleaned it up with no bleach. Oh man. <laughs> but it's all it's all fun in games. What I see it as it's just materialistic. Yeah, you live you make mistakes, you learn, and we, we, we're laughing about it, and it'll be the memory for forever and a day. So the rug was that big, you couldn't put it in a washer? Um, no, it was a big rug. It was, I think it was 230 by something else. It was a big, it was a big rug. Well, um, I'm not familiar. I know you guys uh, measure things differently out there in the UK, so uh, I'm used to things inches, I guess. it's funny because aaron charlie's there at when we have our conversations i love how when he speaks to me in in certain you know uk diameters of measurements and time and things like that it's so different from us yeah it's it's funny i i have uh i have some 
good buddies are from over there and it's the same thing when we talk i'm always trying to figure out the conversion in my head when we're talking uh, that that's it I, i'm you know when you get caught in your own world sometimes i just think oh that's the only way it is but me living with my missus now she's swedish so she speaks Amer- american english so i'm like i don't quite know what you're talking about and then we have to kind of like kind of discussions about it but it's all learning so it's the way of the world right everyone thinks their way's right how are you doing with learning swedish i was uh watching some of those good videos as well little bits and bobs i'm picking up slowly it was it was better when i was out there because we was around like her, her godchildren and stuff like that so they speak very little swedish themselves so i can like kind of pick bits and bobs up but um it's gonna be a it's gonna be hard i, I i'm no brain box you know like i take punches for a living so i'm quite forgetful <laughs> speaking of punches you back in the training with your uh coach yeah, I'm back over in the Steel City with uh, Grant Smith, and we're just back back to the normal lifestyle. I'm looking to be out in October time now, so we're just waiting for the um, the arenas to allow the public back in after all this COVID stuff. So it'll be nice to get back in a, a packed out arena with the energy flying around the arena and performing at the best. Speaking of that, oh, go ahead, Aaron. No, I was going to say I, I think I read something about you uh, making a comeback to the yeah. ring in April and did that get knocked off by coronavirus? Yeah, I was supposed to fight in um in April but coronavirus I think destroyed everyone's hopes and dreams for the last two two, three months. Um but yeah I was supposed to be back but it is what it is and it's just allowed me to carry on preparing and learning and developing day in, day out. So when I come back in October, I think a lot of people are going to see a completely different version of me because I've been out a year. I've been out the ring a year now. Well, it's a while. Yeah, but but it's a while to be out the ring. But like I said, I I, I always am in the gym. I, I I need it as my daily life routine. I'm always developing. So for me, it's yeah, it's been a while, but. In the back of my mind, I'm thinking, I can't wait to show everyone how hard and how dedicated I have been, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's how it was when I competed in uh, bodybuilding. You just you train <laughs> yeah. the, whole, the whole year for, you know, you get hey, up on I stage see. for five minutes. I see I see when I rolled down and looked through your, your feed, man, you, you're like a man mountain. Massive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, what's, what's funny is uh, when I graduated Marine Corps boot camp, uh, I was 160 pounds, so I'm 6'3", 160. That's pretty skinny. Uh, so right now I sit about 230, 235. My heaviest weight was about 270. So it's been interesting to, to watch my physique change. But, you know, like you had just mentioned with with training, how it's it's just kind of – it's you, you know what I mean? Uh, without going to the gym, I don't even know how it would function. I don't know how people function without going to the gym, honestly. Yeah. yeah. It's good for everything for your for your from your mental health. You feel good. You feel more confident. It's it's the, it's the way of life, isn't it? Well, when yeah. you've been doing it for so long. Yeah, it's it's definitely a, a sanity thing for me to uh, like sanctuary. It's my church. Mm-hmm. Most definitely, I must weigh about the size of your leg. <laughs> <laughs> so what, so what, what's your what's your weight? Your your fly weight, right? So. Yeah, so when I when I was fighting at flyweight, I was weighing same again. Here we go in the English terms: fifty point um, fifty point eight kilograms. Okay. 
but now I moved up to flight, which is only 52.3. But I, my walk around weight is um, 63, 60, varies between that. Convert that to pounds, or do I need to ask Alexa? I think you need to ask Alexa on that one. What I should it? know. What I should it? know. I should know pounds, but I should, it's 112 I should know. This is like, pounds. It's like 130 or something, right? 135? No, 100, 115 pounds I fight at, but I oh, walk wow. around at about 130. Okay. You still do the big, uh, the big cut to, to yeah, to the get, big weight cut. Weight. Yeah. yeah, it's disgusting. Real bad. The last one when I was my last fight after that, when I vacated the title, I mo- I've I decided to move up because that last weight cut was not good. I dropped t- uh, ten pounds in the space under twenty four hours. It was disgusting. Wow, that's got to be hard to function. And then after getting there and get punches bouncing off your head, it wasn't a fun night, that's for sure. And he's only five six, Aaron. Yeah, I'm a I'm borderline small, very small. I'm like a kid <laughs> when I'm on weight. Well, it's tough. That's tough to to do a, a a cut like that, dropping ten pounds in such a short amount of time, being already on the lighter side. Yeah, it's similar because my missus um, used to do the um, fitness uh, physique kind of competitions and like we discuss it and it must be very similar to what you have done because you have to drop mad weights to get that kind of body perfection look, don't you? And then refuel in certain ways. Yeah, and I, I don't know if you do something like it. I'm sure it's something similar, but we call it a peak week in bodybuilding. So usually it starts on a Monday. The show is usually on a on a you know a Saturday, maybe a Friday, and you do a big uh, a big carb depletion. Then you start adding the carbs in. You take the water out slowly, bring the sodium back in. You know by the by the day of the show, you're just kind of sipping on water when you need it, trying to eat the most bland food. Uh, it's mm-hmm. definitely not fun, but that cheeseburger after the show is amazing. <laughs> always that post-fight meal is great <laughs> oh yeah what what so what's your what, what do you what do you kind of do for a for a cut I, I i read a little bit about um a guy i always forget his name he does a dolce diet i think he works with a lot mm-hmm. of boxers right mm-hmm. um i to be fair i like to keep my diet like kind of a balanced diet and more like in the calorie deficit kind of way from obviously i'm dropping from 130 pounds down to 115 pounds so i would like to slowly bring it down a calorie deficit week by week obviously with the performance with different kind of sparring sessions and i can tweak my kind of intake for the energy i need for the um the sessions i do and then like gradually as it comes down closer to fight and we like to do the water, kind of the water loading to, to then strip the water out of our systems. And it, it's like, that's why I, I end up dropping four, four kilos, five kilos worth of, um, of water, water weight towards the end, because my body fat percentages are down to like 3%. If not my last fight, I think it was a little bit under, which was borderline, like health danger kind of things. But I suppose in in this sport you've got to take risks to be the best and of the best. It's then last little percentages where you can either overcook yourself, you can get it right, and you can, and and the hard work is is worth it. But um, yeah, it is it is really really challenging mentally more than anything. And then even after the fight, you kind of like 
you've developed a half eating disorder sort of thing and then you want to just eat eat non-stop so you you must know when when you're in super strict diets and you're training 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 for that that moment then after that it's your head goes beside itself and you want everything yeah it's it's a fine line when you're uh when you're that lean dropping that much weight and that condition because you're uh you're i mean your metabolism can actually stall out and uh, mm-hmm. i always talk about doing the reverse diet coming out of a show or i don't know if you do something like that but it's it's the healthy way to to reverse out yeah. of it because you want to just eat everything and your body's like a sponge so i mean the one of my shows right afterwards i think i put on about 30 pounds over the course of four days because i was just pigging out noted mm-hmm. noted to self don't ever do that again yeah well that's it you you live and you learn you make mistakes and when you hit them mistakes like my last fight the weight cut I had to do it was extreme but because I was world champion it was like do or die for me so it was like when I got on the other side of that I realized wow I can't do this no more like I could put myself in a in an early grave or I could end up becoming brain damaged or whatever so you do you live and you learn don't you yeah oh yeah yeah, you're on you're on the big time too. That's uh, that's a whole other level than what I was doing. <laughs> so, what are going to be the expectations now, Charlie? When you go back into fighting, are you still going to be having what I call these extreme diets or eating situations? Um, um yeah, in in a way, I suppose it's not going to change much. Although I'm moving up three pounds, it's not the the world's biggest, but in boxing terms, and that and, and like the last kind of few pounds is the ones that always take the most out of you. So it's still going to be tough, and it's still going to be challenging. And I am going to have to push these extreme limits once again. But I suppose if it was easy, everyone would be doing it. And in the top level of the sport, you have to sacrifice like the the nice essential foods and maybe having full of energy all the time and stuff like that to uh, to be able to to compete with the other uh, top elite fighters so yeah i'm not naive to think that it's gonna be tough again but it's gonna be a lot more um a lot a, a, a lot more easier with three pounds on rather than taking that extra three pounds off how, how much uh, how much time do you spend the day training? Like during the course of a day, are you in there for a few hours at a time? Um, when yeah, when 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 we say this, I train um Monday, Wednesday, Friday, uh, two times a day, and uh, Tuesday, Thursday, three times, and Saturday once. So, re- really, it's about four four hours, four 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 and a half hours varies, um, a day, but then. I, I say like it's not just that time when you're in the gym and the training sessions that are the most important. It's a whole lifestyle. It's what you've got to do after your training session. You've got to go home. You've got to eat at a certain time. You've got to rest your body. You've got to recover. You've got to. You can't be a hundred miles an hour like running around doing errands and stuff in between. So a lot I've had it a lot growing up where people go oh yeah you just box you know that's that's your hobby you you must love it it's easy you don't go to work but you have to do everything that people don't see the rest the recovery the the sleep the um the right nutrition the everything around it it's like a 24-hour full-time job and then you've got social media on top of that and you've got a 
short tickets on top of that it's like your promotion purposes is in boxing it's all your promotion you've got a promoter but with social media and stuff like that the ones who benefit the most are the ones who self-promote as well so it's like it's non-stop really yeah everyone just sees the highlights they don't see all the work that goes on behind the scenes it's a that's a that's a grind yeah exactly that they see it as you've had a fight you win and then you're you're on holiday for a couple of weeks and they think oh he's living the life he's living that but us as fighters and and anyone who's who's being successful you're sacrificing so many hours to get them to, to 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 get the good good stuff as well that's so true man yeah i love that What's everyone sees everyone as an overnight success in this day and age because Instagram stuff like that it's just a it's a highlight reel really of our lives they don't see everything there's days where I come back from the gym and I'm that tired and I feel down and depressed and there's days where you wake up in the morning and you really really don't want to get out of bed but you have to see the bigger picture and you have to make them steps yeah that's all social media is. It's all smoke and mirrors. It gives you, like you said, it gives you the highlights, but people don't know what's going on behind the scenes. No, no, definitely not. But you keep it as real as possible, especially I love the way you include your wife. Yeah, I, that's the, the thing is with me, I've always kept it real, 100%. Even when I've made mistakes, I'll put my hands up and own up to the mistakes and um I just find I can't, for me as a person, I can't live a lie. Like, I couldn't be this one who just wakes up, goes out in the street, does a few sprints up the street, then thinks, oh, fuck that, I've done it now, go back to bed. Because there is so many people out there that are making out, they're training four or five times a day, doing this, doing that, when it's not feasible. And um, I'm just real as they come. I just think if if you tell no lies, then you've got nothing to worry about. Well, I wish more people could have that mindset. I know. Two people, much people in this day and age are too egotistical and it turns into, I've got a bigger house than yours, I'm richer than you, I'm this, I'm that, when reality is the ones who have got to push it, push it, push it in everyone's face are probably the ones who ain't so much doing it. Yeah, 100%. I like that. I really like that. And plus, here's the thing. Let's say, uh, I'm going to put it to you from my perspective. If I had all these fancy cars and houses and everything else, do you really think I'm going to show you what I've got? It's like handing someone a garbage bag and your address and saying, come fucking rob me. It's the (laughs) stupidest thing. Yeah. You're not going to see me standing by my car taking a photo. I'll stand by someone else's car at another location. Well, I'm not, not going to let you know, you know what I'm saying, but I'm not going to show you inside of my house. I'm not no. going to show you outside of my house. I'm not going to give you any inclination of where I'm at. I like a little bit of mystery, if not a lot of mystery, but I'm not going to easily hand someone the opportunity to get a U-Haul or something else. Come find me and rob it. And people in Los Angeles wonder why they get robbed so much. Mm-hmm. Well, why, why are you flashing everything? Mm-hmm. I know. I think a lot of that comes from a lot of insecurities and maybe because they've got so much, so much, and that's how they've been. They feel like they have to keep on just because that's what the people they, that they think the people like, I suppose. And maybe 
on their on their Instagrams and that they are attracting them people. But I always believe that with materialistic things, they're never going to make you happy. And the people they attract, the more you show like this big flashy lifestyle, the more you show like I've got this, I've got that, and you like attract the wrong people around you who just want to take from you. And that's all they get is takers. Mm-hmm. That's it. You nailed 100%. it. Hundred percent. Yeah. And then when, if anything happens where they do fall off, everyone disperses and then they're in a lonely place. You're better off having real people around you and you only get real people by being real yourself. That's why we're all here right now this morning. Exactly. For you this afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We've got to get your wife on a show. I know um, she's, she's taken a pause from her podcasting, um, mm-hmm. but I definitely would love to get a sophisticated English woman who is about to be a mom, who's a wife, married to an incredible person. I told her this morning that I'm very proud of you. And uh, yeah, it would be quite interesting to hear her story. No, it would. I think, you know what, like, since I met the girl, she's inspired me and driven me more and more day by day. And I'm lucky. I'm blessed. Like behind every um, successful man, I do believe there's a, a strong woman behind them, whether that's their mum, their sister or their missus. And um, I'm lucky and blessed that I've got all, all three of them. How did you guys meet? If you don't mind me asking. We met, um, funny enough, we met when, when um, I was on my lowest of lows. So after my last, world title fight where I won the title back in a controversial decision um, and then I vacated it and moved up I kind of lost my head I went a bit in depression went a bit mad was just drinking hitting drink going from country to country just partying away and just like losing all track and focus of where I, I wanted to go where I've already achieved and more to go and then I, I ended up when I looked in the mirror and thought, you know what, it's time to sort yourself out. I ended up going to a um, a training camp over in Marbella, which was like a um, it was a fitness training camp, and my missus was doing a CrossFit training camp. She was running one for um, for all the Swedish women, and I went over for like a boxing kind of training camp. And she was there, I was there. I went with my friends, and then they ended up going home early because I had to get home for some uh, family issues. And I stayed out there for the next few days on my own. And um, she, her, all of her group went home because they had finished and she was out for an extra two days. And we didn't speak to each other all week other than high from a distance. And then we connected on top of this hill out in Spain in the middle of like nowhere and um, spent a good few quality days together, four days uh, together to put our phones away and really got to know each other. And from that day, we never looked back. Oh, that's pretty cool. I love that. Yeah, I, I'm a big believer of like, I felt like the universe kind of brought her into my life because she's everything I've ever wanted or needed or or asked for in a woman, but never found that. So when I was at the rock bottom where I thought, that's it, no one wants me. Like I was in the worst shape of my life. I, I was in the downward spiral. We met and she talked to me in a, and understood me and... Um, I offloaded a load of crap and a load of like bad demons, if you like. And um, she was there for me and we just kind of connected on a real deep, deep level. It was, it was amazing, really. I'm, I'm blessed. It's what you call is real from, romance. Is she from Sweden? Yeah, she, she's from Sweden. 
Um, she's now moved over to here with me in um, England while while our career is going on. But like, yeah, she's originally from Sweden. That's awesome. That's serendipity. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's funny how we meet people in, who impact our lives in the most unexpected place at the most unexpected time. Exactly. Exactly. It's like it's 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 not by coincidence. And I say that like people come into your life, whether it be for the good or the bad, is is to push you in the right direction onto your your kind of purpose of life. Like you need to go through these tough times to make you realise, make you reassess and change things. And when the right person comes along, that's that's the blessing. Yeah, I agree with that. I've I've got the close relationships that I have with people in my life, they've almost all come from just completely unexpected situations where I've, you know, I've just met these people and they've had such an impact on, on my life. And we've just stayed in touch. It's, it's when I feel like when you're a real person, you kind of, and you're, you're, you're true to yourself, you're able to connect with other real people. And those are the ones you want in your life. 100%, 100%. It's, it's crazy how the, the universe works. You, connect for people for reasons like i said whether it's good or bad but when you're not expecting it or when you don't look for it it seems the good ones come out of nowhere yeah yeah it's true it, it like you always hear about people looking for relationships throughout dating and dating and they're just so dead set on trying to find someone it's when you let it go and stop looking for it and focus on yourself that those people usually show up mm-hmm. that's exactly how it exactly how it works for me like i had given up i was like no no woman's good out there and I don't like to speak like that about women because there's some brilliant women out there but in my head and at the time with um, all the shit I'd gone through throughout the years of coming to the top of the sport and just attracting the wrong people um, I was just like that's it I'm staying single I can't be asked with this I'm not doing all this wasting my time shit and then I connected with her and she even opened up to me and said the same when she when she went to Spain and then she was going to stay there and, and, and live out there and try and set up a new life because she was sick and tired of all these relationships. And she was like, I was just going to be single and just crack on with me, focus on me. And it brought us straight together. And it, that's that's the, the magic way of the, the world. That's yeah, powerful. What you shared is about frequency. You both mm-hmm. were sharing the same frequency. And from across the world, boom, you just as magnets came together. That's it. Big believer. Such such a firm believer in that. And what she, what she had been looking for was me and what I'd been looking for was her. But it, it was looking too hard that it at the moment we thought, right, step, take a step back. Fuck this. It's not going to happen. That's when it zinged us together, which is great. What's the next opportunity for you now that you've got everything in order? You've got a loving support system. You're going to be a dad. What's the next championship goal? Um, within the next eighteen months, in my contract with Frank Warren, I've um, I've been promised a world title fight, and it has to be delivered. Um, so this next fight in October, I just want to get back into the ring, dust off some few cobwebs if there is any, which I do not believe there is because I've been working and training and sparring and that all out of the gym. But just for confidence-wise, get back in there, a tough fight, um, get a title behind me. I'm not sure what title that will be. One to push me up higher in the world rankings, most probably. And um, then pursue another world title shot. Like, 
I've reached the top. I'm ready to get back in there and carry on my journey to become a multi-weight world champion. I'm going to be there. Front 100%. row with my cameras. 100%. I love that. <laughs> I'll sort you out some complimentaries. You'll have to bring someone over with you. Hey, Aaron's welcome to come with me if you like. Exactly. Yeah. Both of you will have to come yeah. out. I'd love to. Uh, I'd love to see a fight, man. That'd be awesome. We'll be in VIP, and if you can, please, if you've got the powers that be, hook us up <laughs> in a wonderful suite and make sure I have champagne ready. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the more champagne, the more noise you'll be making. So that's the best. Uh, I'll be zoning out in my own world. I'll, I'll tell you this. Um, a good cocktail, I can have two areas. One, vodka and cranberry, take me out and dance. I love, alcohol mm-hmm. gives me energy. Um, champagne, I have no problem just sitting on a balcony of my hotel room and looking in, just looking at the stars in the sky. Yeah. I'd be drinking a uh, orange juice and yogurt shake. That's that's kind of my nightcap. <laughs> that's interesting. Really? <laughs> yeah, that's uh, I don't know. I, I never uh, if I drink one one drink, I'm feeling it. I, I don't I've hadn't had much alcohol. I think the whole time I lived in L.A., I might have had one drink since I've been here in Vegas. I've had one. If you were to have a cocktail, Aaron, what would it be? I'm curious. Uh, That's a good question. Honestly, I don't even know. I just kind of go with whatever people are drinking because I wouldn't even know what to order. Really? Yeah. Really? I had I had my days back in the Marine Corps, but that was uh I don't I a lot of that's blocked out of my head. Those were the Marine uh yeah. Wow. I'm anyway. I'm I'm curious. I wonder if you would be a Scotch drinker. What do you think, Charlie? <laughs> I don't know. I think it'd definitely be something on the rocks. <laughs> just... <laughs> yeah. yeah. Maybe, maybe scotch. Yes, maybe or, or or whiskey or something. Yeah, you can handle it. You've got the size, Charlie. He's six foot three for crying out loud. I just have to. Hopefully, my my stamina will keep me being running away from him, so he can't catch me. As he choke me out. <laughs> hey, you know what, man? If if we uh if we end up over there sometime where you're not in in prep mode or something, I would love to to get in the gym with you, train together. You know what? I, I yeah, found man, that uh, that'd be cool. Every time I, I do any type of conditioning work, I always go back to wanting to do boxing just because yeah. I don't think people realize how, how difficult it is, but how, how amazing the, uh, the conditioning you get out of it is. It, it, it blows my mind every time I do it. <clears throat> yeah, it's, it's such a high intensity workout and it works the whole body and your cardiovascular system is through the roof every, all the time you're moving and punching on, on the bag and like it does, I take it for granted because I've been doing it from such a, a, a young age. But if you haven't done it and you're boxing and you want to try it out, I would suggest you do try it out because it looks easy from the outside, but when you're doing it, it can get tough. Yeah, this this one guy I was working with a little bit back in LA, he had me doing jump rope as a warm up before we got into to training. And I swear, man, by the time I I was done jump roping, I was wiped. And I mean, we hadn't even started yet. <laughs> That's why most of us boxers are are lighter, <laughs> so we can just we can skip like we take a walk. Yeah, it's that's a it's a sight to see me jumping rope. Uh, two hundred and thirty pounds. I, I can only imagine how tough it is to have that weight on you while you're skipping. So like, imagine me putting that weight on the on a vest. I don't think I'd even be able to. 
I can picture I mean, the rope getting clipped by Aaron's head every time he swings it around. Because <laughs> those legs look freaking long. Yeah. Is that do you do you ever get in the ring <clears throat> for these big fights? Do your nerves or adrenaline ever affect your stability on your feet? Because I know just in some instances where I'm doing things and when I'm in the spotlight, you know, your your nerves can get to you. But I always feel like <clears throat> when you can tell when someone's taxed out really early in a fight, mm-hmm. either their conditioning's off or their nerves got to them. Mm-hmm. I feel it definitely massively plays um, a big part in it. It's all about being mentally strong. Like I said last week, I do a lot of visualization. So I kind of like run through my head night in. Like every time I go to bed, I do it to help me sleep. And I kind of like visualize what I'm, what is fight night is going to be like. And because I've had that many fights, I've been on that big stages now, it kind of is a second nature to me. But I remember my first professional um, fight ever. Um, I, and I, I had 137 or something amateurs. So from coming to amateur to pro, it's a, it's completely different because you've got the lights, the camera, the action, the big arena, loads of people in there uh, live on, on national telly. And it was, um, I remember walking out from from my pro debut and the opponent that I was fighting in my professional debut was nothing on the people that I would have fought in the amateurs at the high levels. But you get this, I had this weird inner feeling, this like nervous feeling. And it was like, looking back now, it's laughable, but I suppose experience is the key. And this, and then I learned to visualize things. I learned to put my body in that position before I'm even there. So then when I do walk the walk the walk in the reality that we're in, I feel like I've already been here. So it can it can have an effect and I believe that once when you have not took no shortcuts, no no corners crossed, when you've done everything right, that's when there is literally no nerves and you think, for me, I was going, Well, it's do or die, this is me. Do you know what I mean? I'm gonna try my best and what will be will be. Yeah, I get that. It's probably, I guess I would relate that to when I was competing, walking on stage in front of everyone with the spotlights on. Mm-hmm. You're in basically a mankini. You, I mean, yep. balls are just about hanging out of your underwear. <laughs> <laughs> you held your own, though, Aaron. You held your own. I tried. It was impressive. I would love to attend a show of you doing it again. I mean, I, I watched some of the videos. You, you you owned it. You owned the stage. It's why you won. Yeah, it's it's like uh like Charlie just mentioned, you know, when you when you just give it everything you got, no no stone left unturned, it you walk out there with a sort of confidence, believing in the fact that you're gonna do the best you can do. And if you're not you're not thinking about just going out there winning, but just being your best, the 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 odds are in your favor, I believe. Yeah, one hundred percent. That's it. If you leave no stone unturned, the only thing can can be is simply someone's better than you. It's not to yeah. your your to to what you've done. I think the biggest thing, especially with a lot of fighters and a lot of athletes, is the fact that when they know deep down in their head that they've cut a corner. And then they go into that ring. They're always on the other side if they lose or if they win. They've got in their mind, but what if I didn't? What if? And that's more painful than going and putting everything in and then coming out on the other side and just knowing someone's better than you. Yeah, right on. You about to say something, Aaron? Or is that the dog in the background? 
Oh, I don't know. I didn't hear it. <laughs> Charlie, any closing thoughts? Any uh, inspiration you would like to share to the listeners? Um, I just want to say, just keep taking that step in the right direction. Don't look back and dwell on the past. We've all been there. I've been there. When I went through my tough time, I sat around what could have happened, what what could I have done differently. But at the end of the day, that's in the past. So you've got to live now in the present moment. And this present moment is going to make you your future. I like that. I'm looking forward to getting my shirts. When are they coming in, my friend? They should be on their way. I spoke to my guy and he had sent them all out and it's you've got an extra little gift in there as well. So it'll be good to see you repping, repping the C. Edwards merchandise <laughs> over in the US of A. That's right. <laughs> Everyone's going to know who the heck Charlie Edwards is over here. Yeah. And then the other thing of it is too, I want to get some opportunities so I can leave travel safely. So while <laughs> I'm wearing the shirts, everyone else will see them. I <laughs> love the support, love the support. And that I've actually already spoke to my missus what we discussed last week. We're going to have to, as soon as we can, as soon as things calm down a little bit, maybe after my next flight, get out to the, the US of A and, and link up on um, on a personal level. Absolutely. Well, you already know I'm here for you whenever you need the, that extra assistance for business and for your company and, and additional support. Um, if you guys choose to, um, and I'm definitely looking forward to Aaron and I coming on out to London and, um, yeah, red carpet. I hope you're going to be red carpeting my trip. Of of course, of (laughs) course. And Aaron, if, if, if you go for any, um, more films and they need someone smaller with a Cockney accent, just give them my number. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You you know what? You're you're definitely on the radar now for sure. Yeah. We just got to get back to work now. My industry is still shut down from uh, from COVID. Uh-huh. Okay, okay. Sue, will you be back soon? I hope. Uh, you know, with this whole resurgence, it, it's getting pushed again a little bit more. So, uh, honestly, I'm not mm-hmm. even sure. It was looking like next month we were going to be back to filming. But um, thing, the way things are still shutting down again, it, it's not looking like that's going to happen. It's all up in the air right now. We yeah, just have to be time. patient. I, well, dude, if, you're ever, if you're ever out in Vegas, uh, let me hit me up. Let me know. You uh, you got someone out here in your corner. You ever need anything? Oh, nice one, man. I really appreciate that. It's definitely a place that has to be ticked off the bucket list. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what? I, I love it here. And I always – when people ask why I love it in Vegas so much, it's not because of the party under the strip or the clubs or anything. I, it's like an yeah. athlete's paradise here. It really yeah. is. Everything's 24 hours. I mean, everything's outdoors and – Despite it being hot, like uh, Stephen was saying, it's it's manageable because there's the, you know the humidity's not there. So, oh, it's just a great place. Yeah, yeah, I've heard great things about it. It's definitely somewhere I need to get to. Me and my missus have been talking about it for, for a long while now. And for you for fighting and fighting exactly. I want to exactly. see you on the MGM billboard. That's it. It's inevitable. It's going to yeah, happen, likewise. and I'm putting that out there now. Oh, I know it will be. And I know that I'm in, in good hands and, and with a good experience because I'm going to have my VIP ticket, my VIP media pass, and I'm going to be in the after party. And we're going to tell everybody to turn their fucking phones off because I'm gonna, <laughs> we're going to be getting crazy. 
Yes, for sure. 100%. <laughs> I don't. And that's what I'm going to tell you this. People who are out and about do not know what partying and celebration is about. If it, Aaron, during the days of, you know, Aaron and my, you know, our generation, Gen X, we could go out. We didn't need to worry about phones. We didn't have people popping out mm-hmm. cameras thinking they are some journalist, you know, off of the local news or something like that and being all a bunch of vigilantes with their phones. We could do things. Now, you can't even go to the bathroom without wondering if somebody's in the next stall over videotaping no. you overhead. Exactly that. It's a crazy world we live in, but I suppose you've just got to ride the wave. <laughs> Charlie, thank you. It's been an honor as always. And um, thank you for joining us today. No worries. Thank you for having me again. And thank you for everyone who's listened in. Thank you for everyone for joining us here live on air with Stephen Cuoco and with Aaron Williamson, special guest, Charlie Edwards, Mr. Pro Champion, who will be in Vegas. I would love it to be this year. Please, God, do something with this coronavirus. Get rid of it. I don't something because um, we've all got we've all got meetings to meet up with, right? Hundred percent, one hundred percent. Any closing thoughts, Aaron? Uh, well, I mean, I, I just want to go to the gym now and train. Honestly, this has been great uh, meeting you, Charlie, and getting to know everything about what you're doing with your career. And I wish you all the best. Looking forward to seeing you in Vegas. Thank you, brother. And likewise, over here in London and have a great gym session. And I feel I feel a lot a light again from this from this conversation. So I'll be moving on with my day with great energy. So thank you both. Thank, Thank you, everyone, for joining us. from the US to the UK live on air with Stephen Quoco